Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now, Barrett Salee of CBS Sports, college football writer and analyst. Barrett, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good, guys. What's going on? Oh, uh, well, a lot. Uh, <laughs> Mob uh, rule. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. All right, so what, what was your takeaway from everything that happened with Tennessee and Greg Schiano yesterday? Well, that John Curry is, is the most tone-deaf deaf athletic director on the planet, and he should not be employed there. That was to, to Just let's put aside the, the Jerry Sandusky stuff and the connection to, to Greg Schiano. Why on earth is Greg Schiano a good coach for Tennessee from a pure football perspective? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not. It doesn't make any sense. He is uh, very, very similar to Butch Jones from a personality standpoint, which is one of the primary reasons Butch Jones got fired. Uh, he has, I, I think, his success at Rutgers was a little bit overinflated due to the, due to the situation he was in and the, the conference at that time. It doesn't make any sense to hire him from a pure football perspective. And then you throw in you know, the, the potential you know, connection to Jerry Sandusky. Why on earth would you think that that's a good idea if you're athletics director John Curry? Because Shiano, I don't think people know he's got a beef with Peyton Manning. He, he they, they they don't do not get along at all. He was did not consult with Philip Fulmer, which you need to do. He didn't consult with anybody, and to, to let this happen and to go down this way and to have a signed reportedly signed mem, uh, memorandum of understanding for him to be the coach without having you know tested the waters so to speak. It's just it's mind boggling. It it speaks to the lack of proper leadership throughout the entire Tennessee athletics department. And that goes all the way to the top to the top boosters, the Haslam's who just so happen to be involved with the Cleveland Browns, which should tell you something about their acting. <laughs> well, Curry, that was a huge misstep, not uh, involving Phil Fulmer into the process. And I just talked to coach Fulmer about a week and a half ago and, and he didn't say, well, I hope to be privy to what happens, but uh, if they have any questions, I would answer them in, during this search. So yeah, I'm with you 100%. This was purely football. Uh, from a purely football perspective, no way Greg Schiano should have been on your list. No way whatsoever. And so you have what they had there, mob rule uh, as such. Now, T. Martin, why isn't he on their list? Why aren't they calling one of their own? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think the, the one thing in, in this specific instance with T. Martin is that he doesn't have any head coaching experience. And while that may not necessarily mean he's going to be a bad coach, I think – Tennessee's a little spooked, and a lot of schools in the SEC, I think, are spooked by hot, not hot, with, with with coaches who do not have major college experience. Dan, Dan Mullen, Mullen didn't have it when he went to Mississippi State. Dan Mullen did not, but and that's and that's the exception. But you look at some of the guys who had not had Power Five jobs at the SEC when they got jobs. Will Muschamp failed at Florida. Now he's doing a great job because he had that experience under his belt. Jim McElwain. The biggest problem with him was that he didn't know how to to, to operate a major college football program. Butch Jones, the same thing. Kevin Sumlin, I think the same thing early on. Now, I think Kevin Sumlin got it, but I think it was too little too late, and obviously 
you know, he got fired. So I think there are a lot of schools that are spooked by that. Um, that's not a reason to, to cross T. Martin off your list because I think T. Martin would be a fantastic coach. And, then, you know, from an offensive perspective, he's, he's great. And then from a recruiting perspective, he's an ace recruiter, and he's from the Mobile area, which is a, a talent-rich area, which Tennessee doesn't necessarily get into a lot. But with him, maybe you can. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. I think he should be included. I understand why – they're, they're a little spooked because of all that's gone on, especially at Tennessee. But T. Martin should get a job this offseason somewhere as a head coach, whether that be at South Alabama or one of these other Sunbelt schools or wherever. He should be a head coach next year, no doubt. Gio and Jones, Barrett Salee, CBS Sports College football writer and analyst. You talk about the uh, university there and the, uh, the hiring process being spooked about guys who don't have head coaching experience. How about these coaches that are available that might be spooked about the situation at Tennessee where yeah. if they aren't received well that they might get thrown out of there by a mob? Do you think that this whole thing uh, looks so poorly for Tennessee that there's going to be guys that are, are running away potentially from this opportunity? Well, I don't think the mob really has anything to do with it. I think the mob was justified. I think the, the rising up against Greg Schiano was, was a, a good move by Tennessee fans. They got what they needed. They did a good job voicing their displeasure for a hire that was inexplicable. Um, I they didn't do the, a good job of painting the, the covered-up child rape at Penn State on a rock. I mean, they definitely got what they wanted, but I think that they, they used that Penn State thing a little bit too much to – to uh, ruin this guy's reputation. If that's the thing that you said they needed to do to get it done and that was the most important thing, you know, maybe I could buy that. But I thought that that was way over the top, uh, using that to be the the number one outcry to not have Shiano be the coach. Well, the Tennessee fans that I've talked to, most of them understand that, it's, that, that it was really more about football than anything else. Now, they used that for sure. And look, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to even say here nor there you know, what Shiano did or didn't know about the whole Jerry Sandusky thing, but – um, being connected to that is, is bad, regardless. And, and I think the majority of Tennessee fans that I've talked to, and I even voted this out when his name was mentioned a week ago, uh, I, didn't even put, I didn't even think about the, the, the connection to Sherry Sandusky. I, I don't like it from a, from a football perspective, and I think most Tennessee fans do. Now, um, you know, yeah, they, they may have gone a little overboard with the, the specifics of the protest, but um, the, the, the mob rule – was justified for, because they're sick of inept leadership. And that's, um, that's the problem. The mob is not the problem. The problem is the fact that, that, that John Curry has continued a long trend of, of just complete ineptitude from that athletics department. So for other coaches that would be considered, that I think is the problem because Tennessee went from a situation where John Curry got hired you know, about a year ago or announced about a year ago they fire Butch Jones. You're basically at a clean slate, right? Like so you've got this basically clean slate to come in and stabilize an unstable athletics department. And you thought you had that on Friday. And by Sunday night, it was more unstable than it's ever been. And, and so I think that's the problem. I think coaches are going to look at the situation and say, do I really want to get into that mess with that leadership, with that department based on how quickly this thing turned? And, I think a lot of coaches would say, no, they don't. That's, that's the problem is John Curry has damaged that athletic department to a point where it's more unstable than any in the SEC right now, maybe outside of Ole Miss. And it, which is interesting and what compounds the situation, the fact that he had been at Tennessee previously prior right? to going like to Kansas State. Down. Right. 
He had been there. He knows the lady lane. He know how it works, and yet he comes and steps in it big time with this Greg Schiano mess. So uh, it's just amazing that uh, that uh, it's just a calamity of errors by this guy who's supposed to be leading this football program. Who do you think leads Arkansas next? I know Mike Norvell's there at Memphis. They've had a pretty good year. They're going to be playing UCF in a rematch. UCF uh, just. Uh, Thoroughly whipped them earlier in the year back in September. I think it was forty to thirteen in that ball mm-hmm. game. But Norvell is a hot name now because of what he was able to do there at Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I actually talked to some folks that are pretty in tune with the boosters out there yesterday, and I mean, Gus Malzahn was never ever really a, a realistic candidate. They shot their shot. They, they thought they could shoot their shot, but obviously, he's not going to leave Auburn based on where Auburn is right now. Um, they've, I think, moved on from that and really moved on from that. Uh, even before the Iron Bowl. I think Mike Norvell, I've I've talked to some folks, Mike Norvell is certainly high on their list. He played at Central Arkansas. He's uh, coached at Tulsa, which is right across the border from from Fayetteville, about 45 minutes away. He knows the lay of the land. Uh, He can spark the offense, and I think that's the biggest thing, is they understand that that Brett Bielema basically stripped them of their identity. Their identity was uniqueness, Mm -hmm. and and Mike Norvell can bring that. But the name I've heard more than, than anything else the last 24 hours or so is Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables because um, look at what he's done at Clemson. He's paired his defense, top ten nationally almost every single year, with a high-octane offense. He's done that successfully. And if they can get Brent Venables as a head coach with a, a, a good offensive coordinator who understands what Arkansas needs to be, um, then, then I think they're very high on him. And this is a guy who met a lot of these Arkansas boosters last year when he won the Broyles Award, which is based in Little Rock, given to the top assistant coach in the country. So that's the name that I've heard the last 24 hours or so more than anybody. Um, and, and I think um, they're, they're sort of waiting it out. I, I don't necessarily think that they're very comfortable with how <laughs> this search is going because there was supposed to be a committee. They thought they'd have a group. They have an interim AD, and no one really knows who's leading anything at this point. But I think they're starting to, to coalesce, so to speak, around Brent Venables, uh, Mike Norvell, and maybe a couple other guys, Chad Morris and a few others that they feel like they have a legitimate shot at. Why or why not will this Chip Kelly-UCLA marriage work? I think it will work. I think the one hiccup, and uh, you know, I think, okay, it will work because Chip's offensive mind is, is obviously what UCLA needs. Uh, he knows how to organize a program, which Jim Mora doesn't. Um, and so I think from a structure standpoint, he'll bring discipline within that building, um, and, and that's something they desperately need. And Chip Kelly, I think, very quietly towards the end of his Oregon tenure, recognized the need to, to win the line of scrimmage more so than maybe he did early in his Oregon career, even when he was a coordinator when they were just off the nest. So that'll play well in, in L.A. when you've got basically a, 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 a melting pot of great athletes to choose from that are of all shapes and sizes and and style. So, you know, you can basically just open your doors and have guys that, that can fit that mold come in. So that's why I think it will work. Why it won't work, it's UCLA. And, and that's a really bad analysis. I understand that. But UCLA always finds a way to screw it up. They're the king of just okay. And I don't I have any explanation for it. But something always seems to happen with that program. Uh, Matt uh, Matt Luke, I was going to say Matt Rule. Uh, Matt Luke at Ole Miss, this was a no-brainer because they know the, the hammer is about to hit them over the head as far as NCAA sanctions there at Ole Miss. They've already self-imposed uh, some. But Matt Luke, that, that made sense for him to just to continue to steer this ship, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the more, you know, it's funny, the last couple of weeks, you know, we haven't really heard much about the Ole Miss search at all. Um, and I think that's because they do fear 
and feel that the NCAA is going to come down pretty harsh on them. And if that's the case, then, yeah, Matt Luke's guy. I mean, look, Ole Miss was actually a really fun football team the last month of the season. They were, they were entertaining. They've got some decent players that are going to stick around, uh, you know, assuming they don't, you know, have the ability to transfer elsewhere. And having a guy like Matt Luke, um, who's an Ole Miss lifer, a guy who's married to the program, and saying, hey, look, dude, we're going to give you a long time to get your bearings and make this thing work, I think that's the right move. It's, it's essentially what Ohio State could have done had Urban Meyer not fallen into their lap because Luke Fickle was not ready to be a head coach in 2011 when he was there at Ohio State as the head coach. They recognized that. He went back to being an assistant. They got Urban Meyer. But Luke Fickle became a good head coach and obviously got the Cincinnati job last year. Now, it didn't go well at Cincinnati, but he earned that job, right? So I think they feel like Matt Luke could sort of follow that same path. He wasn't ready as a head coach this year. He did a pretty good job, and he showed promise. And if he showed promise with this team, then maybe two, three, four years down the road, he becomes a complete head coach, and you get the players, you get through probation, and you become a competitive football team again. I think that's what they're looking at, and I think that's the right way to approach this, knowing that you're probably not going to be relevant for a few years anyway. Hey, Barrett, thanks for the time this morning. We appreciate it, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you down the road. All right, thanks, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.